22 minutes to the top of the hour. My name is Oliver Dixon. You are listening to the Early Breakfast Show here on 702 for The Curious. In this uh, segment, I'll be in conversation with Sherwin Charles, the co-founder of Goodbye Malaria. And we're going to be talking about World Malaria Day, which was celebrated this past weekend uh, over the weekend on the 25th of April was World Malaria Day. Uh, Sherwin, good morning and thank you so much for your time. Hi, Oliver. Uh, Sherwin, you may not remember, but you and I met very recently, actually. Uh, about a month and a half ago, we met at the uh, Nando's headquarters. We were in a room with uh, current and former ministers of health from about uh, four or five different SADC countries. Uh, the founder and CEO, Robbie, was in the room of, of, of Nando's, as well as Minister Zuelum Kize, and we spoke about malaria for a while. It was my first time uh, engaging the subject matter. I was shocked to find out that um, South Africa had uh, malaria cases and that you were so passionate about malaria. Talk to us about the status of South Africa as far as malaria cases and, 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 and the fight against malaria is concerned. And then talk to me about Goodbye Malaria, your organization which you founded uh, that wants to get rid of malaria. Yes, um, I, I recall the occasion. Um, South Africa, unfortunately, um, has just over 18,000 cases of malaria um, in, in the past 12 months. Um, and we've had probably over 70 people pass away from malaria in the country. Um, uh, malaria really in South Africa should be uh, a disease with minimal impact. Unfortunately, um, we have a lot of imported malaria um, cases coming across from our neighbors. Um, South Africa was meant to have uh, been close to elimination already. Um, that has not uh, occurred. And, and we find ourselves now with uh, malaria in Limpopo, uh, Pumalanga, and Northern KZN. Uh, we need to, at this time with COVID-19, really just remember that malaria should not be forgotten about. Right. Goodbye Malaria was set up really to um, assist South Africa and the Swatini to get to malaria elimination. And the plan was and is uh, to help our neighbor Mozambique uh, with programs in the country that could, that is run uh, by the Goodbye Malaria team um, really to, to ensure that we limit the number of imported cases coming into the country. So um, with, with the help of um, Global Fund funding through um, an entity called LSDI2, um, we have malaria programs that run in uh, Maputo province, Gaza province, and in Yaban. The main areas from which uh, migrant labor, um, travelers, um, hotspots for vacation where um, South Africans would normally go during the holidays. We're ensuring that um, those provinces in Mozambique um, have protection and prevention programs that really uh, has seen a 70% drop in 
plus reduction in malaria over the last three years. The Nglobo Fund you spoke of, uh, is it the same fund uh, that founded the Nglobo Youth Choir? No, 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 no. Global, uh, Global Fund is um, the biggest funder in the world of malaria. Um, the full name is the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, TB, and Malaria. Uh, they funders of HIV programs, uh, ah. tuberculosis, and, and malaria. Really looking to um, eliminate the, the three diseases or get as close to zero yeah. with, with the three diseases. Let's talk about some of the factors that make um, the fight against malaria difficult to get it down to uh, total eradication. Uh, Bill Gates is also very passionate about fighting malaria, and this is an organi- his organization, his foundation, is an organization you've worked with before and do work with. Um, and I, I remember Bill Gates being in South Africa about a year or two ago um, talking about sanitation and, and, and why that was particularly important uh, in the fight against malaria. What are some of the other factors that we take for granted but are really important in the fight against malaria? I think, I think ensuring that your environment is, is, doesn't have any standing water, ensuring that um, during transmission season you, you limit um, the mosquitoes within within your environment. Um, also, understanding that, uh, that these mosquitoes that transmit malaria would bite in the evenings. So from um, early evening um, through to the early hours of the morning. Um, and so ensuring that you protect yourself, you know, during that transmission period. Yeah. Really wearing long sleeve clothing, and using insect repellents if you can. If you um, going into an endemic area, maybe taking a prophylaxis if you're going there on holiday, um, really looking to protect children under five and pregnant women. So the use of insecticide-treated mosquito nets is recommended. Um, and what we do is we have a program called Indoor Residual Spraying, we, we put insecticide onto the walls. Um, the behavior of, of the mosquito is to sit on the wall generally before it bites, and that's the insecticide killing the mosquito before it could transmit um, malaria. Right. And you mentioned uh, Limpopo, Mpumalanga, and KZN as places, as provinces that uh, have uh, real uh, malaria cases on hand that have to deal with this uh, around the clock uh, all year long. But if you're in Gauteng or the Western Cape, for instance, uh, you, you barely think about malaria, contracting malaria. Uh, being outside of those three provinces you mentioned, are we safe or do we need to take the precautions you just outlined? Um, in the Western Cape, you, you, you probably are much safer. Johannesburg um, and Gauteng does have cases of malaria. These cases are imported. Um, Johannesburg, more than Pretoria, um, you are more likely to get malaria, but the cases are very rare that there's local transmission of malaria. Now, local transmission meaning um, an Anopheles mosquito has bitten someone in Johannesburg and then transfers it to another person within the city. Um, 
any anywhere where um, the Anopheles um, mosquito responsible for malaria transmission is present, you're at risk. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's it's the mosquito that's the uh, transmission mechanism. At the start of the conversation, Sherwin, you mentioned uh, cross-border collaboration that um, against the fight of malaria, you've spoken about the efforts in Mozambique, the efforts um, specifically in in provinces like Maputo province, uh, what's happening in Zimbabwe, and of course countries uh, such as um, Swaziland and um, Lesotho as well as um, uh, Namibia, also part of the fight against malaria. What have been some of the key lessons in the regional coordinated effort against the fight of malaria that we can learn from and apply today as we're battling COVID-19? Well, I think the first thing is that what we've seen is disease knows no borders. That, um, you know, the transmission of the disease is now across the region um, and mobility and travel that takes place so easily, um, you see the transmission of these diseases. The, the most important thing that we need to build within these countries um, would be the resilient health systems. The stronger our health systems are, the better the data we have and, and can access, the more informed the decisions we can make that could help us um, fight any of the uh, endemic diseases or, in this case, something new coming across into our country, such as COVID. Um, we need, we need uh, access to data that can help us um, track, diagnose, and treat the disease. And I think the stronger the health systems we have, the, the better we will be positioned to do that. Right, right. Sherwin, um, your, your, your good friend Robbie at, at Nando's uh, also spent a good amount of time at that event I was talking about uh, discussing when Nando's got involved with the fight against malaria. Nando's makes brilliant chicken, but why does it care about malaria? Why does it care about getting rid of malaria? I think that, that Nando's really understands um, how delivers on its purpose within the business and and really it puts its people front and center um, within within the their mission. Um, for Nando's we'd seen the devastation of the disease um, throughout the continent um, over the years traveling with Kingsley Holgate and and we were part of lots of these expeditions and still are and the big thing for us was how do we how are we positioned to have an impact um, on malaria having seen how devastating it is having seen that it was the biggest killer of our children under five on the continent um, and the impact it had um, on kids education on their growth um, it's it's a big contributor towards stunting um, and mm. learning difficulties. Mm. And so we felt that this was a disease that is absolutely preventable. We know it's curable. 
And we know that we could have a big impact as African leaders um, by standing up and being counted. And so we took the mission on to see that we can drive the country's elimination program, help our ministries of health to implement their their programs in a more efficient way and really assist them in, in, in getting to zero. And so we started the program in, in 2013, this particular one, and, and it was, it was um, exciting to see that applying good business principles to a public health challenge um, made a difference and had a huge impact. And yeah. so I think from, um, from humble beginnings, um, um, the program now has um, uh, over 2,000 staff, um, protected over 1.7 million people during the last transmission season, and hopefully this year would grow even bigger than that. Of course, our yeah. challenge right now is COVID-19, so the team are busy planning how, um, how do we continue our IRS program while social distancing, right. but more importantly, whilst protecting our staff from um, transmitting or being affected by COVID-19. Part of that challenge would be extra precautions that's needed, um, ensuring that during the lockdown, we are part of the essential services team. Um, malaria puts a lot of pressure on the health systems normally during transmission season by taking up around 70% of the beds in a country like Mozambique. If there is the presence of COVID and those beds are not available, what do we do? As WHO said over the weekend, we have the potential of doubling the deaths from malaria during this this time. So our programs that prevent malaria become more important. Absolutely. And so we're doubling up on our plans. We know it's going to cost us probably a bit more with all the extra precautions that need to be taken, uh, with the extra training that staff need to go through, um, and the understanding of how COVID would would impact um, malaria over the coming months. Absolutely. We're we in the winter period, and, and malaria is seasonal, so you, know, you normally see the increase in cases coming through from September. So we have a bit of time to plan, not much, and just to ensure that um, we stay on track and we stay focused. A big challenge is to say to governments that, you know, budget should not just be diverted to COVID, but the malaria budget should stay in place so that these programs can continue in the coming months. Showen. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Really do appreciate it. Very insightful stuff. Uh, Hopefully we can have this conversation a little later on in the year just to keep track with the fight against malaria um, and to find out how we can continue to support initiatives uh, like uh, Goodbye Malaria and the work that it does. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much, Oliver. And if I can ask your listeners to visit our our page, www.goodbyemalaria.com. Thank you so much for your time. Cheers. Bye.
that is Sherwin Charles, the co-founder of Goodbye Malaria and a board of directors member uh, at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, reflecting on Malaria Day, which took place this past weekend on the 25th of April and how far South Africa has come. Can you believe it? 18,000 people have been diagnosed with malaria in South Africa over the last 12 months and malaria has claimed 73 lives in the same period.